Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. So here we are in a caravan park in Rockhampton in the summer while children play on the lawn. Or is that the reality of this photograph? It's not actually because here we are with legend Christine Sinclair and she's actually holding a photograph of herself in a, in a youth theatre performance, which was pivotal, I believe, Chris. It was, To your yeah. beginnings in drama education. It was. Would you like to talk us well, through it, that? Well, it, it was a lost photograph that I just found, just for this event. Mm. And the story of the photograph is that my influences, the influences on me as a young person, all came together when I got to be in the Rockhampton Junior Little Theatre in 1970. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was me in a in a rehearsal for a play. I think it was a little promotion we did, mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't a caravan park. Now that's the council chambers okay. in Rockhampton. It's um, that kind of place, and that they were all my um, colleagues from Rockhampton Junior Little Theatre. Okay. But. It was actually a remarkable, amazing opportunity in the most unlikely places because we we created our own work. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, had an inspirational teacher mm -hmm. who, and it was a Saturday afternoon, um, all Saturday afternoon, every Saturday, um, no exceptions. If you missed more than two Saturdays, you were out. <laughs> so it was highly disciplined, and it was a it was the most extraordinary tra training ground mm. for. Um, a life in, in theatre and a life in education. Mm. And, um, and I hadn't thought about it for a long time until this, this event came up and, and I thought that that's really was so important. And um, lo and behold, there was a photo of me <laughs> holding forth, acting my yeah. little heart out. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was remarkable about it was that the woman, Jenny, Jenny Simpson, her name was, um, was this amazing mentor so mm. she set up mentoring of all the young people. So if you had a particular um, talent or bent or interest, she would mentor you into that. So um, in the, that project that uh, the photo comes from, a play called As One, which was written out of workshops that, that we created, mm. um, there were four student directors, no, no older than 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. and they were in charge of the younger kids uh, in the scenes and Jenny was this kind of over overarching force and as a model of education mm -hmm. it was, it was um, formative for mm. me so you know these things happen in the most unlikely places yeah how long did yeah. you belong to that group um, for just for two years for my last two years of high school mm. and um, yes yeah, so we we did a whole range of different things in those those times and um, uh, all of them were instigated by Jenny and then 
executed by the young people mm. um, and none of it was really frivolous it was terribly deep and meaningful of we course. were terribly earnest some of my finest poetry of as a 16 year old adolescent was um, included in that uh, do you remember any of those lines no <laughs> I do not <laughs> and they will not be revealed but 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 at the time um, they were really relevant to they were very deep particularly mm. but um it, it was it it was not the standard fare of young people in theatre at the time. It wasn't pantomime. Mm. It wasn't it, it wasn't pretty awful scripted material that we did. What a, some adult director wanted. It wasn't musicals. It you know it was it was work that was generated by and for us. Mm. And um, and it ha it had an extraordinary theatre discipline to it. You know there was, n and that was what I really took out of it. Mm. That I've never lost really. Is and what happened next? Uh, well, uh, we've only got half an hour. So but, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, in, if, in you think, of, if you yeah. think, well, if, if we were to What's say the that, next what, influence what, or yeah, what, what, what what you're doing now is you're a, you're a highly regarded academic researcher, head of drama education at the University of Melbourne. You have a PhD. Mm. You've taught. You've performed. Um, this is a pivotal moment. So I'm, I'm getting tired hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, what were, happened next? Yeah. Well, the next kind of key moment, mm. I think, was. Uh, I mean, I, I studied uh, drama at university, mm. but in Brisbane. But it wasn't an acting course, mm -hmm. which I kind of had this hankering to do an acting course, and it, the cards didn't fall that way uh, for a whole host of reasons, which is sort of another story for another day. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um, I uh, I had this idea that I was really interested in theatre and education mm -hmm. and theatre for young people. Um, and I, I um, called up one of the companies in, in Brisbane and said, I'd like to be in your company. And um, they said, well, do you have any acting experience or, do you and, or any teaching experience or do you know anything about this work? And I, to all of those things, I said no. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a light bulb moment and I thought, oh, I really need to get a little bit of training. So. Uh, after I'd you know finished my degree and gone overseas and done all those sort of essential early twenties things, I I did a dip ed at um, Kelvin Grove, oh, yeah. which is you know mm. one of the really important mm -hmm. places in a, in Australia. And in terms of watershed moments for drama education as well as for um, for my career, it was the only the second year of of training for drama mm. teachers in Queensland mm -hmm. um, and uh, when I discovered that there was such a, a program that's when I realized oh I need to do that course because you can actually go and teach drama in schools mm. um, so that was the beginnings of, of the kind of pedagogy of drama education and there was eight of us who did the the, the dip ed in drama who was who was leading course um, <laughs> Probably no one that is has stayed in the field. Stayed in the field. Mm. It, it, was, it was led by a, a, someone who had a background in speech and drama. Okay. So, um, and not to put that down at all, she was. She certainly. Um, her name was Shirley McFarlane, and mm. she she led us into um, a whole lot of uh, the key people at the time. One mm -hmm. of whom was Ken Robinson, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know what what was remarkable is with that eight students, we were all pretty. Uh, fired up so we were very self uh, 
self-motivated mm -hmm. and we used to have our time with Shirley and then we'd go to the cafe and we'd have another tutorial just with ourselves so because we came from all different directions but at that time um, one of the people who was teaching at Kelvin Grove at the time was a, a person called John O'Toole, mm -hmm. who, who you may have heard of. Mm -hmm. And uh, we spied John and um, in the distance and thought, he looks interesting. <laughs> so we actually concocted a, uh, a plan, we ate, to bring him in to let him teach us. So we did. We approached him and said, we'd like you to teach us for a little while. Shirley was going off on some leave. So... Um, he did, and he was absolutely um, immersed in work that he'd just been doing with Dorothy Hethcote. Mm -hmm. So, our introduction to Dorothy Hethcote in you know the early 1980s was um, from John O'Toole doing, I think, his um, Industrial Revolution oh, process, process drama, drama. And, right. uh, which which was wonderful, and yeah. so. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, I, I, I've often wondered what he thought about the fact that we decided that he could come and teach us for a few weeks and we would let him. Overjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that was significant at the time, and it was a historical time of, mm. you know, where mm. everything was bubbling up, mm. I think, was that uh, as part of our dip ed year, we all became part of um, Quaidy, which was, you know, obviously the, the old version of drama Queensland. Queensland. So we once again had access to you know all these leading lights of, of mm. drama as they were still becoming leading lights. Mm. So there was John and um, Rod Whistler and um, Brad Hazeman and um, Judith McLean, mm. I think, and a, a number of other people. And I remember at one stage they they I don't know who, I think it must have been John um, brought uh, Ken Robinson out. Uh, for uh, some talks and so wow. we got to have a sort of sit in a room with Ken Robinson for a couple of days just listening to him talk and so we got it, it was access and it was a sense of possibility mm. at the time and and there was drama in the curriculum in, in Queensland, Queensland schools yeah. both to year 12 as a as a year 12 subject yeah. Tw two actually drama and theatre mm. like there is here mm. now so so yeah. you and you taught in Queensland schools I did and did you teach in Victorian schools um, yes I did I um, my time in Queensland, so I, I actually have another artefact. An artefact, fantastic. Yeah, I'll have to find it. So, so just um, um, well, yeah, talk amongst yourselves. Chris is getting yeah, her artefact. Let me think what I wanted to show you. Oh, actually, yeah. I, I wanted to, to take a moment before we moved on to Victorian schools. I might need to take off my excellent yeah. sunglasses. Um, yeah. Next artefact. This was, once again, I had a little ferret around and found things I never knew existed. When I was teaching in... <laughs> In, in a Queensland school, this um, was called Alice Down Under, which was um, a, a, obviously an ad adaptation of um, Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland. But the reason I sort of thought, gee, you know, I wanted to pick up on, on a particular theme that runs through both drama education and certainly my own practice as drama educator. And this was uh, a production that we, can I put this down now? Where that we, um, the students and I, and uh, my colleague who was teaching theatre at the time, created a, a, a devised piece based on a, a, an existing script. And that hadn't been done in our school before. It was like 
previously mm -hmm. school productions even for the year 12s were here's a script and we'll do it as a play a, a musical and a nice little theater and and the kids will get a mark but the the teachers will run around and do all the backstage work mm -hmm. so we started from scratch with this with workshops and um and all the kind of devising kinds of techniques that you would use now and it struck me that these were things that we did um just because we didn't know any better mm -hmm. or didn't know any differently mm -hmm. and um and it, i i even at the time I felt that that was a watershed moment for me where this was work that was interesting because the people doing the work were the, the students rather, yeah, than the rather than the teachers. And, um, and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful production. There was a, a, I lived on a surfside beach in um, the Sunshine Coast so the lobster quadrille was lifesavers with the lifesaver hats and you know that was the students bringing their particular location to the to the work so it was it yep. it struck me that this idea of developing and devising and creating work um, was um, something that was always in my practice whether it was in the curriculum I found a place in the curriculum for it and the curriculum had enough room for that mm. so and uh, interestingly then um, when I came to Victoria, there was a little sort of sojourn in between my time in Queensland teaching and my time in Victoria teaching mm. where I went to New York for a couple of years and studied acting and theatre games and script writing and directing. Uh, you have an artefact about theatre games, don't you? Do you have an artefact about the theatre game? Oh, I, I do, but I, it's it's it, I, it's way over there. It's way over there. Yeah. but it's a the old VHS. It is. It's a VHS it? of Canadian improvisation. Oh, Canadian. 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 Oh, oh, sorry. It's, wrong country. Yeah, and yeah, I do. I do. I was inspired mm. by my time. I, I learned a lot of. Um, I worked in an improv troupe mm. when I was in New York, and once again, those kinds of experiences about theatre practice. Um, were incredibly useful and important coming back into classroom and, um, mm -hmm. environments. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I'm really grateful for that time that I had. And it's sort of like the journey, you know, from Caloundra to Melbourne via New York was Long. time well spent, Long. really. A yeah. large triangle. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> In Queensland, when you were a young teacher, you have to do country service. Mm. Um, after two years in a nice place, they send you to Kanamala. And uh, it was my time to go to country service, so I went to another country. So, <laughs> so uh, you, you served yeah. at your... You served, I did. served it out. And so when I came to Victoria, I... Um, yeah, I was at, you know, I wasn't actually sure where I was going to go. So I did actually, I got a two-term um, contract working in a school where we did once again an adaptation of a play um, with a group of year 11s and 12s. And, and, and that was in whatever, what's the, uh, the, the precursor to VCAL? The top oh, TOP. Top TOP. Um, which I wasn't familiar with. It was mm, a tech school. Mm. And that was a revelation too, because I know one of your questions might be about how things have changed. Yeah. And so working through all these different systems, I think one of the things that's changed is that capacity for flexibility mm. and, um, mm. and breaking some rules or making rules. Mm. And I think that it's 
potentially harder to do that now. Yes. I, and I'm not teaching in schools now, so I'm less authoritative mm. on that. But, mm. but certainly those times of possibility where, yeah, there's your curriculum, but, you know, yeah. It's it's like drama is a group two subject, which I taught in the 80s. Yeah, yes. Before it had that assessment That's attached right. to it or yeah. that sort of, yeah. before we elevated it into yeah. that sort of high stakes assessment. Well, yeah. that certainly was my experience mm. here. And I moved pretty quickly from my experience in... Um, that uh, that teaching environment. And it's interesting because the the play that we worked on was an adaptation of um, Midsummer Night's Dream, mm -hmm. set in the Dandenongs. Mm. Um, and I loved the, the the students' comments about it after we'd done it was that I showed them the BBC um, production of Midsummer Night's Dream, and they thought theirs was better. <laughs> um, so I think there was a bit of a success there about ownership. Yeah. Um, but I moved fairly quickly from there into um, working at Rusden, which um, which was called Victoria. College at, in those days, and was a what I saw as the most amazing, wonderful place for teacher education mm. um, and drama teacher mm -hmm. education. And it was I got my dream job, mm. which was teaching some drama method and some theatre and education, drama and education, theatre for children. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, so that that was a pl I spent twelve years there. So it was um, a highlight. It was extraordinary. It was a wonderful... Uh, it, it genuinely was a place where the drama teachers of today, including Ellie Arez, mm -hmm. um, and many, many other people who um, are in our community, mm. um, they they came from that, mm. that place. And it was a place where practice, uh, the practice of theatre and the practice of education were both tr valued. Um, and mm. there were some... You know, Bob Holden, who was the person who, who was who steered that ship through its critical phases in setting it up, was a, a visionary, a really I think an underrated and very important person mm. in, in drama education, whose name isn't is sort of a bit lost these days. But I think he was incredibly important mm. um, because he understood the value of of discipline study and. Um, and education study yep. in practice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think yeah. um, what you've done, Chris, is you've covered quite a few of the things. So we've got a series of sense of highlights for you, a series of people who may have been mentors or highly yeah. influential mm. in that journey yeah. that you've taken. Mm. Um, and also the diversity of your pathway to, to yes. where you, you've ended up now. Yes. So you, let's talk a little bit about what's, um, What's been a really a particular high for you? Something that you might even have an artifact. To I represent, might have an artifact yeah. to represent. It could be a, pr a production. Yeah. It could be um, a moment. Yeah, that... I do actually. I've got something. I've got a. Uh, there's a mask magazine. The reason I brought the mask magazine in, diversion slightly, was that the production that I worked on with the the kids at the tech school, which was uh, I wrote about it, and that was my very first piece of formal writing oh, about, wow. and it was about uh, making an adaptation. It was a piece of reflective practice, mm. Meg, and I didn't even know that term. No, so I, I don't think any of us did. Yeah, so a highlight. Actually, I'm going to bring out this. Mm -hmm. This is um, this was. This, it's not so much that this is a highlight. This is a production of Everyman, etc., mm -hmm. that, that I worked on with first years at, at Rusden. But it's the sort of thing that I think summarises 
how the Rusden experience is, is kind of pivotal to, to the growth of drama education or how you nurture drama teachers without actually necessarily saying we're nurturing you now. <laughs> um, and it's only, that's only wisdom in I suppose hindsight, hindsight because mm. I, I've seen those people out there in the real world now and I know um, you can, it takes a few years I think to see what lands. Yep. And so I, I found this, I found this which was a script of, uh, of the play and one of the things which I discovered that I'd written in it which was called The Chris Sinclair Theory of Group Devising which was a systematizing of my own practice. Um, and then I typed it up to make it look legitimate. So it, it, it's real. But, but uh, Would you like, do you have a, a, an offering from that system you'd like to? Um, there are many secrets and no secrets. It's like no knowns and no unknowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Donald Too good to build. <laughs> How unfortunate. Uh, it, can be, it, it can appear to be a mystical process made more mysterious by careful and subtle shaping from outside influences or by someone within the group. Hmm? I don't know. Uh, a framing question for the work is who owns the work? Mm. So in a way, I think one of, and maybe this is back from the Jenny Simpson mm -hmm, world, mm -hmm. it's always about how you, work, how you negotiate through the artwork, the, who, who owns the work, mm. because that's the process where the learning mm. happens. Mm. Um, and, and I suppose the reason I found this is, it's, it's a funny looking artifact because it's, it's like class notes and rehearsal notes and the role <laughs> and who's doing the production thing, so very riveting. But what's interesting for me in that is that you have the sort of the practicalities that you're dealing with when you're training teachers, mm. which is you might have a class of 25 and um, you uh, or 30 and you have a play with 10 characters so we we created every man as a kind of motif for everyday life so we spent a lot of time doing um, workshops in developing new material that kind of was a refraction on on the questions of every man mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so those scenes which were from everyday life and from the students life which came out of workshop um, elevated this piece into something that they could own. Yeah. Um, so for me that was the Rusden experience mm. because that was about pedagogy, Yes, that was about education yes. without those words ever mm. being spoken and um, and that was for, that was certainly for me what it, at it, what it was at its best. Mm. Um, I think that's a, I remember a principal saying something to me once, um, I love um, you're not afraid to let the, the girls own the work that they yeah. make, yeah. and I think that that's, you know, that's our mission. As, and it's terrifying as sometimes. Oh, yes, it is. And terrifying. I, I, I'm not mentioning the glorious failures of the time. No, which I'm I think you should, because one of the questions is a very low light. A very low light uh, well, can be do, anything. Really. Doing, apart from the glorious failures, when you let people own the work, yeah. and, and that means no one's driving the ship. The insert here any one of a number yeah. of stories. I actually think the low light for me is is watching the evolution of um, those training programs into other mm. 
and training is the wrong word, education programs into into diff, into their current iterations mm. and being in the middle of that. Mm. And I, I found that incredibly difficult mm. so that you went from when I first started at Rusden having a 12-hour working process with a group to, to develop a piece of theatre over a semester to having twice as many students and four hours yep. a week. And the, 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 the agony of compromise was I found excruciating because mm. I felt that I was failing the students. Mm. It was it became more about who what they could bring than anything that I could offer them. Mm. So I, I think you've got to have you've got to have some kind of substantive training component. Mm. It can't just be about who those students are and, no. and, and their existing talents. No. And and it felt like that that was mm. what we were dealing with. Mm. So, yeah. And that sort of feeds into that whole notion of train, mm. of, of change within the system. And, yeah. and I would agree with you wholeheartedly yeah. about that. And that, that is, that's, if, you know, I know that's part of the kind of questions like how things have changed. It really is... All roads lead back to training, to, mm. to, to, to pre-service, mm. how mm. we prepare mm. our teachers. Mm. And what drew, drew me to Rusden in the first place was um, was what a visionary training model. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move. The, let's shift a little bit yep. into the the peak bodies, the drama Victorias, the drama Queenslands, the drama Australias, and your involvement yeah, yeah. with those, and yeah. and how you came to be involved with. Them. The first time, I, I actually remember the very first time I, I experienced Drama Victoria, um, Bob Holden, who I've mentioned, who was my boss, was unable to attend something he'd been invited to, to do at a Drama Victoria, must have been a workshop day, it, wasn't, it was an in-service mm -hmm. sort of day for teachers mm -hmm. and he had been invited to run a workshop and he asked me, he couldn't go, so he asked me if I'd like to and I said, oh yes, okay, <laughs> and I rocked up and ran this workshop and I remember it was the time that the Shah of Iran was toppled so, and I grief. remember that because there was an improvisation once again involving, I think, Bruce Burton and Kate Donnellan and John O'Toole yet again, the ubiquitous, and some of those other extraordinary yes. people. Yeah. Um, reenacting something to do with the, the demise of the Shah of Iran. Mm -hmm. And that was how I met all of those people. Oh, not John, obviously. So he, yeah, but those other people. And that was my first kind of initiation by fire. And mm. it, sometimes it's good not to know that you're, you know, I was, a, I was absolutely a, mm. a neophyte at that point. Mm. And since that, then uh, I, was, I became involved back in the early 90s in the Drama Victoria. I was actually on the committee at Drama Victoria when we changed the name from Vardy to Drama, to Drama Victoria. Victoria. So yeah. I was, yes, with Richard Salas and I were both. I was vice president to his president. Mm -hmm. And then I got involved with uh, as a Dalo. Um, so I spent quite a long, long time on the Drama Vic committee in the early 90s, which once again a time of, quite, of change. Mm. Um, which is interesting, the things you juggle, because I remember juggling work and babies and, mm. and committee meetings mm. and uh, but it was it, it was it was once again an important way to kind of really understand Victoria is my adopted state yes. and understand yeah. the systems and and so I you know I used to be involved in in kind of doing workshops and helping plan mm. um, conferences and um, being the the Dalo was my introduction to the wider drama Australia. Australia. Um, committee yeah. and that was that was just before um, idea 95 mm -hmm. so I got to meet um, 
uh, all of those people who were those creating that wonderful event. Mm. And it felt like none of those in, uh, meetings were by accident. You know, there's an important way of finding your peers and mm -hmm. finding your supporters. Fantastic. And now I knew you as the um, editor of NJ yes. as well. Yes, we haven't even got to the 2000s. Yeah. No. So that I took over from Prue Wales, mm -hmm. um, who was a wonderful editor of the Drama Australia Journal, NJ. And I was actually there when it was called, N had its name changed, changed to NJ. Wow. Which, uh, yeah, which was by Philip Taylor, I think he did that. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, Prue handed over the mantle to me and that was a, that was a, so I got to be on the Drama Australia um, board for mm -hmm. a number of years mm -hmm. while I was director of publications. Mm. And, once again, it's um, it's a it's a tough job doing that job. It's 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 a huge responsibility, mm. but it, it it introduces you to the wider community of drama yeah. educators, yeah. and you actually get to understand what people are talking about and what they're interested in and how they're writing about yeah. it. And um, and it's, you know, it's an enormous privilege, even. But it's it's a it's a it's a challenge as well because it's it's such a big job. But yeah. So and and I handed that over then. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When I ran out of steam. Yeah. 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 You spend and a lot that, of time feeling guilty because you're always late. Yeah. But yeah. I worked with the wonderful Rod Loomer, who was who should be named as the person who was instrumental in okay. NJ because he was a copy editor for from the beginnings of NJ until my when I left. Mm. And uh, which was about over 20 years. Wow. And he was a remarkable, a really important person behind the scenes that no one knew. Not a drama educator, but uh, it was a hobby for him. Wow. Yeah. Can we keep going, Josh? Is that all right? Great. Um, so now oh, you're boy. currently in the chair at um, Melbourne University, or University of Melbourne. Um, can I ask you, you've talked about um, changes. Any other changes that you'd like to note about drama education from that diploma of education you began at Colvin Grove to, <laughs> to you know, your role now at the university? Um, I mean, obviously one of the most significant things is that it's, especially at Melbourne Uni, it's, is that it's moved into the graduate ro mm -hmm. realm. So mm -hmm. the students that we uh, educate in, in teacher training uh, are all master's students, mm. master of education, and that's a that's a huge change because these are people who have they bring a significant life experience and they're a little bit older and they're, they're, there's a lot at stake for them mm -hmm. and um, and it, it sort of privileges the education a little bit mm. more. I, I think pro at, at Melbourne maybe more than some of the other places where they're still. You know, strands, they're still yeah. jostling space. Mm. Um, particularly in the secondary course, one of the things that we've been able to do is retain a really significant um, amount of time in the training. Mm. And I, I think you do notice it being because it's because it's uh, at master's level. Um, the, the students are, are terrifyingly bright and um, and really committed, and it gives you faith. Um, we can, you know, don't, we haven't got time to talk about no. the, 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 what happens at, you know, the other ways in which um, we don't get to really, really make sure that people have good, solid um, 
theatre practice or or drama practice mm. to build their teacher mm -hmm. training on, and that's what's lost. That's the greatest loss since yep. the Melbourne State College Rusden um, double degree model. Mm. Uh, oh, the, sorry, not the double degree. The the, the four year uh, Bachelor of Education, which was in immersion mm. in both education and the arts. I don't think there's a better model than that. No. And so I think everything else is kind of uh, versions of compromise. But you know. I, and it's at, at our own peril, really. But um, we still seem to be, um, you know, finding these remarkable, wonderful young people mm -hmm. who want to who want to be teachers of drama, mm. who are just as passionate. And they've been trained by the people that came out of those earlier courses. Mm. So that's the legacy of that. Mm. Um, but the tension is strong. Yeah. And, the, and I know, in, in my position and sitting in that chair at the University of Melbourne. You know, you you always kind of trying to make sure you're not there's not slippage. You're not losing ground in terms of maintaining the integrity and the quality of courses, which have to do with the integrity and quality of staff and yes, and space. Yes, you know, and and resources. Yeah. Which, which is sort of it's it's you know you, you can't, it makes me understand why Bob Holden always looks so tired. Yeah, there's an anxiety around it. So that hasn't changed. <laughs> no, but. Yeah, you know, so there's certainly, I think there's certainly, a, um, you know, changes in in the way that we are positioned in mm -hmm. in those education mm -hmm. programs. Mm -hmm. um, just a, a, a final question. I'd like, what advice, if you think back to your young self, what advice would you pass on to your young self, or what advice might you pass on, on or do you pass on, mm. to the young graduates who are going out now? into drama education? Um, it's funny because I, I think I've spent my entire career giving unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm known for it. And, and I, I, one, one sort of summary sentence I remember saying to one person who's done very well since mm. was when I said, look, if, if, um, if you're not doing it just because you're afraid, that's not a good enough reason not to do it. So be brave, mm. you know, be brave in your choices, you know, be brave in your choices in, in the classroom, go for what you want, you, um, you try to delay the compromise as long as possible, yeah. I think, because there's, there's plenty of them down the track, mm. you, you know, yeah, be brave and true, I think, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, is there any other artefacts you are burning to show oh, us? Oh, let me think. I don't know. Um, Something. Thank you for asking. Um, it's. I actually can't wave it around uh, uh, because it. Yeah. Um, I have. But one of the questions is just an artefact, which is what's a resource that I have and, and I had two things. One, which I now can't find but it doesn't matter, was a kind of lesson plan from a class that one of my colleagues um, teaches in a, a program we run at Melbourne University called Embodied Pedagogies. And this is one of the kinds of things that brings me great joy and pleasure is that we can evolve our practice and, and our understanding of, of education in in new ways, and uh, this lesson plan is a this wonderful workshop that my colleague Jane Bird runs um, with uh, 
looking at a piece of work from um, Sean Tan's Tales from Outer Suburbia, mm-hmm. and it's a, a three three hour workshop. Um, with usually run with students who aren't drama trained but using drama pedagogy and teaching how to learn through the body and it's sort of I chose that because a it's inspirational to me but also to the students that always are are changed and moved by it Mm -hmm. and um it it kind of heralds the way that we can we can continue to articulate our work beyond what we know now, beyond mm-hmm. the drama studio mm-hmm. into this knowing knowledge we have about how you learn in and through the body mm-hmm. in an art form mm-hmm. is something that um, we can build on. And so that was something I thought, that's a good example of that. That's mm. where we, that's how we're growing and moving forward. Mm. Um, and the other thing I had was the Royal Shakespeare Company's toolkit for teachers, which is my favourite resource. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. It is good and good. And it ties all of those things in mm. together because mm-hmm. I, I use that in my teaching. Mm. Um, and it's taught me a lot of things. Mm. Do you have any current mentors or people you would... Current mentors? Um, or people who are, apart from your colleagues, who are obviously inspirational, Yeah, they are. People? I think Kate Donnellan, who, who was my predecessor at um, Melbourne University, continues to be a mentor. Mm. Um, yeah, she's and John O'Toole, way since way back then, when, mm. <laughs> continues to give me uh, advice, sometimes solicited, <laughs> <laughs> and always apropos. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I have I've had kind of some important people, people in my life mm. who've and Robin Ewing's another one mm-hmm. who's been uh, from Sydney Uni. She's been a, uh, someone who has. Uh, been supportive and wise from a distance mm. for me and mm, I've, I've been fortunate about those things mm. yeah and why do you keep doing it um, I think because one thing we haven't talked about and you know is 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 the the place of research in and I think opportunities to make the work new and if, if you can make it new and you can find new ways of looking at the familiar things that you do I think uh, it's it's a creative exercise mm-hmm. it's, and and it's and uh, you know fundamentally I think being a drama teacher has been a, a creative project for me and creative and you know it's challenging creatively and intellectually and and that's that's what I, I want to go to work to be challenged creatively yeah. and intellectually and and work with great people mm. and I have that opportunity to do all those things. Mm. And so I know, with, I know Josh that we've gone over but yes. we'll just, um, I yeah. want to ask Chris one more question because yes, we, haven't, we'll we haven't talked about research and it's something that I was trying to plug this morning yes. talking about yeah, yeah. DA and and, yeah. and I think it is yeah, an NJ. Yeah. And you said it well this morning. Is it? Mm. Yeah and, mm. and that's important to you as an educator? I think it's been utterly generative for me because I, I remember the very first piece of research I did was in about 1994 or mm-hmm. from a class I was doing with Philip Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, another leading light, and it was a piece of reflective practice I did on a play mm-hmm. uh, that I was directing at Rusden. And the revel- revelation of that, that task, which was a part of my Master of Education, was... Um, that it made me better at what I do. And as long as you're unafraid to look at what you find, 
it's it's incredibly generative not just for others and sharing what you find in research but for your own practice and when I discovered you could research into your own into practice it became something really viable and valuable for me and and I think it can be for for anyone in drama who who wants to take that particular journey Mm. Great. I'm trying to stop talking. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Dr. Christine Sinclair. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.